This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Scripture in Isaiah 62, and we're going to go over a few things, but we're going to get right into our new information because I want us to, to grab a hold of this. This is, this is the time, this is the day that you need to grab a hold of it. In Isaiah 62, we see where God is speaking to Israel about restoring Jerusalem. And then in verse 10 it says, go through, go through the gates, prepare ye the way of the people, cast up. Cast up the highway, gather out the stones, and lift up a standard for the people. God is letting Isaiah know, to let Israel know that I'm about to restore Jerusalem. But before I do, we have to make a way for the people. And we bring that into where we are now. God is saying, but what he wants to do is restore people. Restore people that have been crying out to him. He said, but before that, there must be a preparation period that I get you ready so that you can get rid of anything in your life that's causing a stumbling block for others. Anything in your life that's causing a stumbling block for you so that you can prepare the way for those that I'm going to bring. Those that I'm calling out of different places and they are going to come and you're going to have to make a way for them to receive. And so we, we said in this preparation, we're thankful for the preparation. God said, you're not ready yet, but I'm preparing you. I'm good. We don't need thousands of people for us to be prepared. All we need is sincere hearts. Because the, the less it is, the more God gets the glory. The less it is, the more God gets the glory. So I'm thankful for those that have a heart to, for this work, and God is going to do that. But we're going through this preparation because we te- we said before that you cannot learn to swim while you're drowning. So we're learning dif- different things that He's preparing us for because He said, "In this, I'm preparing you because when you're about to step out, as I spring forth on in every area of your life, there's going to be opposition." There's going to be adversity. And you have to know how to handle adversity when adversity is there. You cannot try to handle adversity once adversity is there. You have to already be prepared. Nobody goes to war. That's why we have them in the military. They go through drills. They They do different things because they have to prepare. So when the adversity comes, they'll know what to do. They can't. They won't know what to do if they're waiting to go on the battlefield and never, never went through anything, never gone through anything. So that's what that's all about. God is saying, "I'm preparing you," and we got our hearts prepared for that. I love that. I'm like, well, we're, I love when He said we're not ready, but you're in a position of preparation. He didn't say you're not ready because you're all in sin and you're just not. No, you're not ready, but I'm preparing you for the work. He's been preparing us for the last few years, actually. And then we said when God moves, he brings about a time of change to wake us up, to get us to position ourselves to do what he's calling us to do. And change always wakes us up. Every time we get sluggish, change, some, a change comes and it wakes us up. And it's a good thing because sometimes we get sleepy for no reason. We just Sometimes we sit in the church so long, all we do is just sleep. Your eyes are open, but you sleep. And God said, oh, got to wake you up. Got to wake you up. So that's one thing that we'll understand about 
when God moves, a change will come. He's already moving. He's already moving. We're just waiting for the spring forth. And God said, as you wait, I'm going to prepare. You grab a hold to it so you can run with it. And then I told you when God moves that it's always the right time. It's his time. It's a time, of, it's a dispensation of time. It's a time of visitation. And those times are God's time. I know you always have your time that you want him to move, but every time he moves, it's the right time. And I told you when he moves, and at that right time, he's going to come in inspecting your life, inspecting your character. He's seeing how things are with you. And he begins to marry. And when he sees those things, then he goes to the man or woman of God, and he'll tell them what to minister so that he can get you where you need to be. Are you following? That's the way that works. And so then, uh, because remember, this is just a window of opportunity. It's always a window of opportunity. And we got to make good that window of opportunity because it doesn't come all the time. And when it does come, don't miss it. Because once it's gone, who knows if it will come back or when it will come back. Amen. And you could be in church all of your life and there's never another opportunity to live out that one decision that you made that throughout your life. So that's why we must be very attentive. And then we said when God works, he works in us by his spirit and he only works according to his word. He's not going to go outside of this. So people tell you this is what God said and this is what he's doing. No, it's good. if it's, you can't find it here, the principle's here. It has to be here. He's never going to work outside of his word. We also said when God moves, it's gonna, uh, you're going to always have life and light. It's going to be there. It's going to be present. Life and light. Everything is going to, he's going to start illuminating things to you. He's going to make it clear. When you hear messages, they're going to become more clear than they've ever been for you. And you know, being in the teaching ministry, a lot of times messages are pretty clear because we, we do a lot of explaining. And so that's fine, but he's going to make it clear, clear, where you can understand and you'll be like, oh my God, I never saw that before, and it's clear to you. Amen? And I'm not going to get back into us that's been seniors. We, you, you got that this morning. Yeah, I'm like, we, 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 gotta, we, we got to do what they did. That's what got us saved. People praying for us on their knees and on praying and, and crying out to God for our souls while we were in the clubs and doing everything else. Somebody was praying. And now we have the audacity to walk as prayed people and we barely praying for people like, well, they just need to get it. They know. They, they, I mean, you didn't get it like that either. Amen. And then we said, which is very important, when God moves, you're going to always be left with a choice. And we said the choice means it's an opportunity and a privilege and a freedom to decide between two things. And you're gonna, that's always going to be present when you, and you'll know that that's the move of God. I got, I got to make a choice. I got to make a choice. And whatever your choice is, whether good or bad, that's, it's going to be attached to your outcome. God is not going to give you an outcome. He's going to give you a choice. And whatever choice you make, that's going to be attached to your outcome. Stop praying for God to give you something. I told you last week, if, you, if you're praying for God to give you an outcome, then he'd have to take your will away. He won't do that. He's given you a will to make a choice. He will not make the choice for you. He'll give you the will, and he'll tell you what to choose, but you've got to do the choosing. 
Amen. And then we said that when God moves, it's an opportunity for us to choose the course of our life. Don't get many of those. We think, oh, I'm just going to do this, that, and we're going to do that. And I'm, gonna, I'm like, you need to learn how, when God's giving you an opportunity to choose your course. You know, it sounds good. And people like to talk about what their children's going to do and what they're doing. And they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And they're going back to school and do that. And it all sounds good. But is it the purpose of God? Did God... Uh, see, we read earlier, and we'll read it again, God has already established your life. So you're probably getting all off course just trying to look good for the world. But God has already established all that he has for you. You just got to find out what he's established and get in it. But people don't want to do that. They don't want to. But there's only three or four choices you're going to get in life. So whatever you choose, be able to live with it. And when, whatever you, when, when you take it and, you, and uh, you've made the choice, be ready to live about 30 years with it or more. 20 years with it. it, it, it you, you're going to live with it. So that's why it's very important that we take our time. Then we went to Hebrews, three, uh, three, uh, Hebrews chapter 3, and we begin to talk about when, um, uh, when is the move of God fulfilled. We need to know, so we can know all the different things that we can see to know that God's, uh, when he's moved, it's done, it's finished, it's accomplished. And we said a move of God is fulfilled when his will is accomplished. Whatever his will is for your life, when that is accomplished, that means that move it's fulfilled. When Jesus got through at the cross, that was fulfilled. When Paul got through, he said, I finished my course, I've done, it was fulfilled. And then we said a move of God is fulfilled when a promise that he's made concerning a person or a group of people that have cried out to him have been accomplished in their lives. So, whatever the group or the person is crying out for it has to be accomplished in your life for for the move to be fulfilled. If what you have been praying for and what God has revealed to you where He's taking you, if it is not is if it has not been fulfilled, it has not been accomplished, then the move He's still moving in your life. And you're the one holding it up somehow in some way. That's why God have you come to church to get messages because you are possibly are the holdup. It's never God. It's never God. And so God is saying, well, it's not fulfilled. And, and then again, sometimes when things get better, we think that's it. No, that's not it. Because something got better. And you'll find out a lot of times we've done that and we found out because we thought it was okay when it got better. We found out it went back to the same thing because it wasn't fulfilled. It wasn't accomplished. Are you following me? And, and I told you that's a dangerous place to be because you can short circuit what God is doing in your life when that comes up. Because we think, okay, well, I'm gonna, I can stop right here. I can do this now, and I can do that now, and short-circuit some things in your, in your life. See, remember when I gave you the example how if you're swimming and you're going to the edge of it and you think, you, you know, you think that, that, that your head is up or because your head is outside the water, and you raise up and you take in a whole bunch of water because you weren't there. But notice this one thing. You sh- what you did was you came short of it. You came short of it. You short-circuited. You came short of it. But notice, the wall didn't move. 
Neither did the water. It was you. It was, it's never going to, that's going to be where it is. So God's, what God has established for you, it's there. It's you the one that can come up short of it. It's going to be just like the walls, stationary, right there. It's going to be just like the water, right there. It's what you do in it, whether you come up short-circuiting or come up falling short. Amen. So we may, we be very careful of that place because that is a very dangerous place. And so many people fall off right there. And then we said we can choose for God's will to remain unfulfilled in our lives or, uh, and unfulfilled through us. You, you can, you can choose that. Now, people say, well, I, you know, nobody just outwardly chooses it. Well, when you disobey, you choosing to, for God's will to be unfulfilled in your life. Now, you can call it what you want. God is saying, you just chose for my will not to be fulfilled in your life and not to be fulfilled through you. So that means you don't want me to fulfill it in your life and you don't want me to use anything to go, to use you to bring anything through. Because remember, God is going to use us. He's going to use in, uh, through us, around us, in us. And God said, you can choose for me not to fulfill anything through you. Then we also said that we can choose for God's will to remain unfulfilled. Now, I, now that's, that's just too much. I just want every day my choice by what I'm choosing keeps telling you I don't want nothing that you're doing to be fulfilled in my life. And guess what? He'll allow it. He'll sit back and say, okay. But know this, he will perform his will with you or without you. Now, whether it's not that it's with you, it's subject to you. It's not subject to God. But God is not going to stop because you stop. Something that maybe he wanted to do through you to help others, and you are not letting that be fulfilled in your life, he's not going to stop with you and say, oh, well, they didn't come through, so I just got to just leave that alone. You know? No. He's going to do what he's going to do. You just chose to opt out. And God said, I'll wait on someone else. I'll choose someone else. And if they don't do it, I'll choose someone else. God is very patient. He's not in a rush because he's God Almighty. He don't have to be in a rush. And I told you, God is not going to flinch by any of your foolishness. You, you know, you could do that with people, but God is not going to You're not going to move God. God is not going to change his word for you. You can make it say, you know, and we can twist the scriptures and make it sound all good like it, God really said something, but God's not going to change. Now, you don't have to change, but God's certainly not. And if you come up against God and you think you're going to wait, he's not going to flinch. They've been trying since the beginning of time all the way to the end of time. People are going to try and still trying to get him to change. He will not. Everybody say God is very stubborn. I don't want to say that. I don't want to get struck down. He is. I mean, what can be more stubborn than I am the Lord God, I change not? Don't ask me. Now, that's just like, don't, I'm not doing any of that. And you can cross, not, and pray, and do all those things. God's like, and when you get up, I'm going to love you, and I'm still not going to change. And then we read upon. Three things 
a move of God is fulfilled. And we, I told you to write, a move of God is fulfilled when? And we're going to pick it up right here. And we're going to go from here. Now, some of this I'll talk about just a few, but we're going to go right into the new information. You should have already written down, a move of God is fulfilled when, and I told you, number one, his will is obeyed. Number two, his promise have been received. And number three, there is rest. Now, uh, go with me to Hebrews chapter 3. And here we were referencing... The Old Testament in, in three. When Israel disobeyed God for the final time, and they, they began to, uh, they disobeyed it, and God said, you know what, you're not going into the promised land. See, God would get to the point and say, yep, well, you're not going to be a part of this. And yeah, I love you, but you're, gonna, you're not going to be a part of this. That's, and I told you, that day is called provocation. As he said, in the day of provocation, harden not your hearts. And then they began, Israel began to provoke God to see if he was going to blink. And God said, nope, I will not blink. They were, they were complaining, they were doing all, nope. God said, you know what, you're going to die in the wilderness and I'm going to work with a whole other generation. God, God, God doesn't play about his will. Now, let's pick it up right there in Hebrews chapter 3 verse 7. Because I want you all to, to get... Exactly what they're saying, and then we're going to flow, start flowing into the new information. In uh, 3, verse 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost said, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of the temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works for 40 years. Saw the work for 40 years. Oh my God. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their hearts, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Now, again, God didn't take the rest away. Right there, he just denied their membership. He said, I swear you will not enter into this rest. Look at verse 12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginnings of our confidence. The beginning of our confidence. The beginning of, you have to hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. Until the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Jump down to verse, chapter 4, verse 1. He said, let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Now that's just amazing. He said, be afraid, be fearful. You ought to be fearful that there, that, to know that there's a promise that you can come short of. Say, oh, you know what, I can't miss this. See, again, God never, he's never going to come short of his promise. It's you. And God said, if, if you will come short of it, God's promises doesn't move. 
They do not move. They don't move. But we can come short. Look at your neighbor and say, I can come short. And so instead of enjoying the rest of the promise, you'll be just like swimming. You're just going to take in a bunch of water. You're going to come up too soon. You're going to do something. You're going to make a wrong decision. You're going to move to another church. You're going to do something like that. You're, going to, you're just going to do all kinds of besides the church. You're just going to, you just start doing that. Coming up short. God, I ask uh, different things of you, and because you're a bad steward, you can't. You come up short. I can't do it. I can't be a part of it. Come up short in just different areas. Those are just 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 some of them. But in any area, you come up short. Look at verse two. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. In them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although, listen, I listen to, listen to this, number three, for we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. He said, if they don't want, if they don't want to, or if they do, the works are already done. It's been from the foundations of the world. It was, it's all, it was already done. Mm, that's, that, now that's good news. All he's saying is, God has, what he's planned for your life has already been established. That's what he just said. And then we have to enter into what he's already established. See, we can't give him what we want to be established. It's already been established. Since the foundations of the world. We gotta enter into it. Let's look at the three. A move of God is fulfilled, point number one, when God's will have been obeyed. In other words, God's will is only accomplished only when we have obeyed it. Only when we have obeyed it. It is essential in this walk that we obey. It's essential. You must obey. Listen, church, a move of God is fulfilled, letter A, when we have a heart to obey. See, that's different. When we have a heart to obey. You have to have a heart to obey. Do you know not everybody have a heart to obey? Everybody don't have a heart to obey. It's, it's, it's something like children, you know. Do you know there's, different, there's a difference? In uh, disobedient children, all disobedient children are not the same. All disobedient children are not the same. Some disobedient children have a heart to obey. They have a heart to obey. And for some, for some reason, they probably have not acquired the uh, maturity to, to, uh, 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 in, within themselves to walk in that. And so they have a heart to obey. That's not mature enough to obey. 
They don't have that. It's not a heart condition for them. They really do have a heart to obey. They just lack some things. But once they get into maturity, the heart is there because they have the heart too. But they have to mature. But then there are some children that don't have a heart to obey. In other words, they want to do what they want to do. And you can tell the difference. You can see the difference. I can. You can see the difference. No heart to obey. Now, the child with the heart to obey, listen to me because this is very important. Especially if you that have children. The child that really has a heart to obey, but who's not obeying, but they really have a heart to obey, actually sometimes they get in trouble. They get in more trouble. Because they have a heart to obey, but they can't control themselves. They want to do something, you know, they, you know, you know, they, you know, they just, they, they just keep getting busy, getting into things. They have a heart to, but they just can't control themselves. But that child that doesn't have a heart to obey, they sneak. They sneak. So on a day-to-day basis, they may look like the ones that don't have the heart to obey, they may look like they're doing better than the one that really have a heart to. Because the one that have a heart to, they're just immature. But the one that don't, that's not going to do it and going to do their own thing, they look like they're doing better because they look like they're listening to you. But when you examine the heart, you come to realize they had no intentions of doing anything you said. No intention. They were not going to do anything that you told them to do. They have no intentions of doing it. They don't have the heart for it. Sister Hill, how do you know? Because I used to be both of these. And I have two sons that have done both of these. That's how I know. I was a child that had a heart that wanted to do right. But my mouth wouldn't let me, my body wouldn't let me. I wanted to do what I wanted to do, but but I still had a heart to want to do right. The teacher said, be quiet. My mouth didn't hear that. You got to know the difference. They're here. And then there's been times where I've been the other type of child. Where I'm listening to you and I'm acting like I'm paying attention to everything you say. But in my mind, I'm thinking I'm not doing any of that. You got children right in here that does do that now to the parents. Now we're God's child. What type of child are you? Because you're one of those. I'm gonna tell you that now. You're one of those. Are you a child with a heart to obey? 
Or are you a child that says, I'm not going to do that. But I'm going to make it look like I am. See, that's not a heart to obey. I'm going to make it look like I'm listening. That's why he said, in the day of provocation, don't harden your heart. Because remember, I know what's in there. Don't harden your heart. And listen, there's a day of provocation for all of us. And for some of you, it's today. There's going to come a time, there's going to come a time that God will provoke you. Know that. I know we love to say, well, I just love God. He's so wonderful and loving and kind and he's so good. Uh, All those things. But I want you to know God provokes. (laughs) He is all those things, but he will provoke. His instructions provoke you. His instructions provoke you. God will ask you to do things to get to you where you are right down inside. Be like, come on, God. Provoking you. People say, well, Sister Hill, how do you really know when you've heard from God? Do you want to do it? Well, no, you heard. That's a surefire way to know you heard from God. If you don't want to do it, pretty much that was him. You know, I just want to make sure. So do you want to do it? No, but that's why I'm checking because I really don't want to. That was him. God will provoke you. I know. We don't think he will, but he will. See, you want to tell somebody off. God wants you to be quiet. That provokes you. Because you be like, I have a right. I want to get on there. I want to do God. said, no, I want you to be quiet. You want to write somebody off and say, I'm done with their telling. God said, I'm going to need you to forgive them. And you're like, come on, God. Uh, give me a break. You know, we start trying to use scripture. We love to say Jesus didn't let nobody push him around to, to, to feed our flesh. It's always clear. It's always clear when it's God. Because your flesh ain't never going to want to do it. Your flesh is going to say, I don't want to do that. And God is saying, I'm provoking you. I'm provoking you. This is the day of provocation. Don't harden your heart. That's what it said in chapter 4. He's already warned you. So, you know, he pretty much was warned us, you don't have to judge a nation, you know, they, because they're not the only one that have heard a sermon. You've heard it. God will provoke you. Every time something comes up, it's a provoke. Because God is trying to get you to a place. And then listen, God moves, uh, uh, God's move is fulfilled, letter B, when we have faith in His will. We have to have faith in His will. The Bible says that we are made partakers when we hold our beginning confidence, steadfast to the end. 
God moves when we have faith in his will. Now, when God's move is fulfilled, when, I, when we're holding my beginning confidence, what do you mean by that? You have to hold on to your beginning confidence. You'll see. I'm going to give you some examples. You'll see if you've been holding on to your beginning confidence. Do you know sometimes you can grow out of being um, a good Christian? Now, you can be a good churchgoer, but you can grow out of being a good Christian. That's different. That's different from being just a churchgoer. You can actually grow out of being a good Christian. You're like, well, I don't get it, Sister Hill. I mean, going to church, no. By that, I mean, sometimes the longer you sit in a church, the more you question God about what he said. The longer you sit, that's called losing your beginning confidence. And he just said, hold fast until the end. You start losing it. You question a God. You're losing your beginning confidence. Remember, everybody just think back. Remember when you first came to God? God could speak anything to your heart. You was on it like that. Anything, you just do it. Anything God asks, you just do it. Anything taught, you just believed it. You just, oh yes, amen, amen. But then sometimes you can sit in things of God so long that his voice becomes dull, dull of hearing. And you start losing your beginning confidence. You know, when you say things like, well, what? Well, why? I don't understand. Well, how did that? What? Why? Where did they get that? What? Your beginning confidence is gone. You never questioned that before. But you've been sitting so long, now I can question. Well, I've been in the Lord a long time. The question is, what have you learned? We love to say how long we've been in the Lord, but what have you learned? You can sit so long that now you can... Do you know you can sit so long that you can forget to trust God? Oh, yeah. You can forget to trust God. Now, you trust Him in the beginning. You know what? Even now, you can start trusting God in the beginning of something, and by the end, you don't trust Him. Of that same thing. You start off good. It don't come at the time you want it, and your trust gets kind of shaky before the end. You can trust Him in the beginning, but not in the end. That's called losing your conf- beginning confidence. Losing it. Oh, I trust the Lord. Okay. If you love the Lord, when He speaks, then you should move at the same pace that you used to move. Why don't you? Beginning confidence. 
Why don't you move in the same pace you used to move when you, when you first got it? He said, hold fast to your beginning confidence all the way to the end. You know, something like teachings that we've been teaching over the years, trust God, trust leadership, trust each other. Whatever happened to that? Do you still do that? Trust God, trust leadership, trust each other the same way you did in the beginning? Or have you lost your beginning confidence? Some of you trust pastor. Early on, lost your beginning confidence. Some of you trust this ministry in the beginning. Lost your beginning confidence. God said, don't do it. Hold fast to it. Do I believe the preach word? That's what I mean. Do you believe the preach word? That's what I mean when, you, when I say, have you, you, know, you have to have your faith in, the, in his will. You have to have faith in his will. Do I believe the preach word? Listen, not the preacher. The preach word. Do you believe the preach word? Not the preacher. This is where everybody makes the mistake. God is asking you, do you believe the preach word? Not the preacher. Do you believe the word that's being taught? See, be careful. Because the Bible said the word, word was preached to them. The same way it's being preached to us. The exact same way. Well, I'm going to show you. Well, you know what? I really get blessed when Minister Hastings preach. Or I really get blessed when Sister Stinson preach. Now, I, you know, it, it's just for so everybody got one that they just really, you know, enjoy. I, well, I just love when this one preach. Or when, you know, when Minister Martin preach. I, just, I love that. That's when I can really be. What do you mean? I can receive better from this person. I can receive better from that person. I don't understand. Is it the Word of God? Not all of them are preaching. Ask yourself, is it the word of God? Know this and write it down. God, the word of God can't bless you at different levels based on a preacher. He never will. <coughs> you know why? Because the preacher doesn't bless you, the word does. <laughs> oh, write it down. I said the word of God can't bless you on different levels based on a preacher. So I like this one and I like that one. I'm like, no, because the preacher doesn't bless you, the word does. So you can't check to see who's preaching today to determine whether you want to come and whether you want to go. Or whether you're going to get blessed. Why? Because it's not the preacher that blesses you. It's never the preacher that blesses you. Now, if you're thinking that it's the preacher that's blessing you, 
you've lost your beginning confidence. That's one of the way of telling. You've lost your beginning confidence. Why? You know why you've lost it? Because in the beginning, you didn't know any of these preachers when you came here. You didn't know any of them. Think about it. When you joined this church or joined any church, the preachers that were there, you didn't know them. You didn't know them. Only thing that moved you was the gospel. Because you didn't know them. Maybe somehow you've gotten too close to the ministers. In your mind, you done got too close to the preacher. And you've forgotten what you came from. That's called losing. Your beginning confidence. You forgot where you came from. Now it's about a preacher. See, the preacher may not have gotten close to you, but you, in your mind, feel like, you know what, well, they just, it's when they teach, it just speaks to me. Well, God is the one speaking. See, that's what I keep telling you. Every time you look at a person, you're going to miss the will of God. God is the one doing the speaking. He's just using the vessel. I said, God is the one speaking. Now, if you don't receive when someone else is preaching or teaching, it's not the teacher. It's you. Because the teach this God speaking through each and every one. So if it's just the person you want to hear, you've lost your beginning confidence. If you're picking and choosing what service to go to because you know so-and-so is going to preach this one, and that's the one that really blesses me, and I'm going to come based on preaching and who's teaching, I don't really want to come on Wednesdays because what? No, I'm talking about Sunday, Wednesdays, all of them. The whole, everything. Not just Sundays, Wednesdays. See, this is what people don't understand. I watch every service. Every service. I have to. Just because you don't see me sitting there don't mean I don't know what's going on. It don't mean that I don't watch the service. I know everything that's going on. I'll make sure of that. And by the way, every message that's taught in this church is prepared by the one itself, same office, mine. So if you, your favorite teacher is Sister Hill, well, any of these ministers do it because guess what? God gives it to me and I give it to them and they give it to you. So it's still saying it's God. Not a, not a man. We're going to kill this. There's not a message taught in this church that didn't come from God through me to you. Not one. I know every time a message is, is, is preached. God don't want us getting hooked on an individual. God wants us looking at Him. He said, the message, the message is from him. So, don't tell 
me that one preacher over another bless you more than another one when it's all God's Word. Unless you've lost your beginning confidence. Then that's different. I just want to see his Sister Hill. Anytime you hear a message in this church, you've heard from Sister Hill. Because I handed it down. Yeah, but it's not the same. No, no, you're not the same. It's the same. Not message. No, no, you are. You have lost your beginning confidence. It is the same. See, if you keep your eyes on God, you can't let your heart change when you come. Because, see, the gospel don't change whether I'm here or not. If I'm not here, the gospel is still the gospel. If I'm not up here, one of the other means the gospel is still the gospel. Amen? And that's what you have to keep your eyes on. So never say again, this is the one that really ministered to me. That's the one that ministered to me. Because when you do say, you know what, I've lost my beginning confidence. Because it doesn't matter who's preaching, I want to hear it. Because why? It's God. Got to push on. The move of God is fulfilled when, let us see, when what we, when we are willing to do the work. Are you willing to do the work? Now you have to be willing to do the work. Now there's promises that God has made concerning marriages. It's in His Word that God has already promised that He's made concerning marriages. Now, and concerning the institution of marriage. Now, to fulfill it, you have to do the work. Even though he said it here, you got to do the work. You got to do what this says. It's not going to work any other way. You got to do it his way. Those of you that got a spouse that's not walking, all of this stuff you're doing is not going to work. You have to do it the way he said it. He said, shut your mouth and live it. You still try to give out hits. You still trying to tell them this. You still trying to make it happen. You're not doing this. He said they're going to be won by your chase conversation. And you doing this. But no, you're going to make them do it. You're going to make them walk in this word. That's not doing his word. That's not doing the work. You gotta put in the work. Well, listen, if you don't put in the work, there's a promise that you can fall short of. You're gonna fall short. Not because God didn't promise it, but because you didn't do the work. The work that He showed you that you had to do. You did your own thing. Did you hear me? There's promises that God has made concerning our children. But you have to do the work. You have to do the work. If you don't do the work, it's not that his promises wasn't his promise. It's because you fell short. That's why you have to be ever so careful. When things change in your family, you better stick with the word. You've got to stick with the word or you're going to fall short. You're going to fall short. There's promises that God has made concerning your life. 
You know, God's promises that, you know, that you would have life and have it more abundantly. But you still got to put it into work. It's amazing how we can put in the work for everything but God's work. I'm ready to put in the work. I'm ready to put in the work for my marriage. I'm ready to put in the work for my job. I'm ready to put in the work. All you're doing is doing your own thing. And it won't work. Because you're going to have to put in the work that he said according to this word. Everything else is just, you just spinning your wheel. It won't work. It won't satisfy. You, everybody say, I have to work. See, you can't live a substandard uh, uh, existence and think God is going to in, in have an abundant life. It's not going to happen. You're living below what God is telling you this and you think you're going to have this. The ultimate life It's not going to happen. But he promised it to me. Yes, but you got to do the work. He promised it to you, then he showed you how to do it. He said, now do it this way, no other way. We would prefer to take the world's way. And that's a waste of time. It's not going to benefit you. It's not going to... Well, first of all, it's not going to jive with you coming to church in the Word. Because that's their... Let me tell you, they're contrary to one another. So you're going to spend your time trying to do it the world's way. It will not work. God promised me some benefits, of, you know, to living holy and righteous. Yeah, but you still got to do the work. The benefits that come with you doing the work. How does he say, put away this, put away that. All You got to do all of that so that you can get the benefits. See, just, you just can't read it and get happy about it because it states it. you got to find out, what did he tell me to work on with this benefit so I can do that? Most of God's people never do what he says. All they do is read the benefits but never know. Because most of the it's very few things that God has placed in the Bible that you don't have to do something. All of his promises is coming with you having to do something. We, that's what we don't want to do. That's that substandard living. God made me right. But now you got to act right. <laughs> because he made you right don't mean you're going to be right. Now i got to act right. That's my part. He made me right, but he ain't going to make you act right. you got to do that. See, being made right and acting right leaves you, it leaves you short of the promise. If you're not acting right, but you're made right, you're going to fall short. God promised us peace. You cannot have peace without the work. See, I'm, I'm, I'm letting you know that this is why all of the stuff that you're hollering that God has given us, but you haven't done any of the work. Do you know it takes work to have peace? It takes work to have peace. You, just, you, you don't just get peace just to have peace. No, it don't work like that. You have to work to have peace. You got to work to have peace in your home. You got to work. That's why you shouldn't just jump into marriage. It's work. You got to work, work, work. Because, see, that wouldn't be a free. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I was thinking about this. 
Aren't you glad that your thoughts are not written above your head? All of us will be in jail. You know, if, if, aren't you just so thankful? What if every time we had a thought, it was written right there, printed out? Because we can have some crazy thoughts, crazy thoughts. Nobody heard but you and God. And everybody can have, every, everybody say everybody. Aren't you glad? God, thank you. Make sure nothing's up there. Never print it above my head. Because if it was, that would not be a free person on earth. That would not be a free person. We'd all be locked up somewhere. Be like, what? What? You've got to be kidding me. Everybody go to jail. And those that, and, and let me tell you, and those crazies that you thought was your enemies, and the enemies to our peace, you, your thought life, just say thank you, Lord. <laughs> that is just not written. That just thank you. <laughs> How many of you know that your own mind can take you to stress? Your own mind. It could take you to distress. It could take you to low self-esteem. It could take you to depression. Just your own mind. It could take you into confusion. It can take you into anxiety. All sorts of drama. Just your mind. Just your thoughts in your own mind. Just your thoughts. I mean, you could get stressed and just, just getting dressed at home and haven't even left the house. And all of a sudden you stress just getting dressed. Just in the time that it took you to get dressed, your blood pressure went up. With your mind. Now listen, God promised us peace. But if you don't deal with your mind, you're not going to have peace. You have to deal with that. You're not going to have peace until you have to work that thing and say, no. God has promised me peace. But if I don't work it and I get into all a bunch of foolishness, with a bunch of foolish people. Let me tell you, I would get every foolish person out of my life if I'm not going to have peace. You have to do that. I don't care if it's a family member. I love you, but you know what? i got to have peace. You know what I believe? I believe that, that one of the most damnable things is our telephones now. Our telephones is... I mean, you know why? Because so many people can get access to you. Let me give you a good way to have peace. When you go home, put your cell phone somewhere else. Not where you are. Leave it in the car. Oh, it might get the heat there. Put it somewhere where it's not attached to your hip. I'm talking about having peace. Leave your mobile. Leave it alone for a while. Do you know the, the mobile phone was for, it was, it, it was supposed to be for when you were on the move. That's why it was mobile phone. It was supposed to be when you were on the move. Now we can't even walk around the house. And if we do, we're like, where's my phone? Where's my phone? Well, see, I'm a senior citizen. I'll be talking on it and saying, where's mine? 
I'd be like, hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm looking for my phone. You're talking on it. Oh, gosh. I'm like, I'm having a problem. That lets you know you put that thing down. And, and I ain't even trying to be funny. I've really done that several times. Been looking for my phone. I don't know where that phone is. Where, and then I'm talking to you. Oh, oh, Father, help me. He said, put it down. Looking for the phone and talking on it. And you know that's bad. But I'm telling you, you ought to take that challenge. Once you get home, put that thing away. I'm talking about getting peace for your mind. Because see, it's forever ringing. It's forever texting. Ring, ring. It's always something going on. You're stationary at home. That's a mobile phone for when you're moving. You're stationary. You know why we're always looking for them? Because we don't have peace. We're looking for them at home. Where is it? You don't even care where your purse is, but where's that phone? That's because you don't have peace. Second point. A move of God is fulfilled when His promise have been received. When His promise have been received. His promise have to be received by those who have obeyed His words. Has to be received. In other words, if I have obeyed but have not received the promise yet, I have to keep working. If I've already obeyed and the promise that he said pertaining to that hasn't manifested, you just keep working. Why? Because God's not done moving. It's not that he's trying to hold it back from you. He's like, I'm not through working some things in you, even though you want it right now. If you've obeyed, just keep working. Just keep working, because I'm not done. He's still moving on you. I don't obey, now what? No, he's still working. I know you can't you 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 know you can't you can't say sister Hill I don't, I don't you know you know I don't okay I don't spend much time on my phone and see let me tell you now now some of you heard what I said put your phones away you know and you know and 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 just get get peace now some of you will put your phones away tomorrow because it's fresh. And then by tomorrow evening or tomorrow night, you still don't have no peace. And you're going to say, now Sister Hill said if I put the phone away that I would have peace. I didn't say that. I just spent hardly no time on it yesterday and I'm still stressed out. No, that's not what I said. Oh, I was nice to my husband today, and you, you know, and our marriage still don't seem to be any better. I beat all those children, and they still getting on my nerves. I was trying to have a peace that Sister Hill was talking about, just trying to do everything, and I—I I mean, they were the same trouble the next day after that. Listen to me. Now, you, none of you in here go to work for one day on a job and expect to get a year's pay. Nobody expects to go to work for one day and they're going to pay you for a year's worth of work. But we expect from God. 
So understand this. You can't work for God doing something that God told you to do one time and expect the promise. I tried that. Let me tell you, if you obey, you will eventually get the promise. But it's not coming that day. No more than you working on your job. They're going to pay you for the whole month for that one day. So don't expect that. It's called work. You got to work it. Until that manifestation comes, I'm working this. And if it happens, I got to make sure I'm obeying first. And if I've obeyed, I'm going to keep working until it's manifested. If it haven't manifested, say, God, you're still moving. That's what you say instead of saying, oh, I guess he didn't hear me. I guess it'll never come to pass. I don't know. He's still working on you. He's still working on it. So when the move of God is fulfilled, his promise is received, first of all, letter A, by those who obey. It has to be received by those who obey. Church Jesus obeyed. Listen, listen, listen to me. The first thing that's going to be received, listen, when the, rece- the first one going to receive the promise is the one who obeys. The first one to receive the promise is going to be the one who obeys. Now listen, when Je- Jesus, he obeyed, he was the far p- first partakers among many brethren. The first. Moses obeyed. He was the first partaker. Abraham obeyed. He became a father of many nations. First partaker. You do all that God has wanted you to do. Even if God tells you something He wants you to do to bless someone else, you're going to be the first one to receive the promise though. Not the person you bless. Because you obeyed. Did you get that? You, once you obey, you're going to be the first one to get the promise. You stay there. You're going to get the promise. You're going to get abundant life. You're going to get everything he said. You will be the first. Are you with me? When the move of God is fulfilled, well, I think I broke, uh, worked. Uh, you know, when a move of God is fulfilled, it's not only received by those who obey, but it's also received by those who He promised. It's going to be received by, not only by you, you're going to be the first, but the one that received is going to get it too. But you're going to be the first to get it. Oh, that was good. You're going to be the first. See, that'll make you want to obey quickly. You want to be the first to get it. See, those who he promised may not be those who obeyed. You get it? So God may be moved in your life, and you will receive the promise. If he moves in your life, you'll receive the promise. But it is also moving in your life. It's going to be a blessing to someone else. You're going to receive the promise. God moved through Jesus. He moved. And through Jesus' Obedience, God highly exalted him. Highly exalted him. And through Jesus' obedience, he has come now to know he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. When the move of God is fulfilled, those who have cried out have received the promise 
that he promised them. Listen, a move of God is fulfilled letter C when it's been received by the next generation. God's promises are always multi-generational. Write it down. God's promises are always multi-generational. If I am resistant to the future, listen, if you are upset about the young adults picking it up and moving forward, if you are upset about the future generation receiving the full promise of God, you are as far away from God's will as you can possibly be. How could you be offended that they are picking up the reins and moving it forward? You can't get much further away from God if you're upset with that. I'm going to tell you that now. You can't get much further away. If you can't get excited about those that are coming behind us walking in the promise. That's exciting. That, you know, that, 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 I, I don't get it. Who would be upset about that? We need another generation to rise up. God said for us to be fruitful, multiply, and replenish. Our very created nature in the beginning was for us to leave something in the earth for those that are coming behind us. Always leaving a deposit in the earth. Our very creative nature is for that. i got to leave, you know, I want them to have a productive life. We want productivity in their life. We want to raise the productivity. That's why we minister to them. We want to see all of these young adults from 55 down. We want them to raise their, I want to raise their productivity where they're strong, where they're mighty. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about leaving a deposit in the earth for the next generation because I'm going on. Somebody needs to carry it on. And if there was ever anything in me that would resist that, something would be wrong. You have to allow something to develop in you for that to happen. Something has to be de- developed. And all the times you said in this ministry, all the things that I found in Pastor taught you over the years, I'm telling you, how can you walk outside of that? And that's all he ever wanted. God said it when he made us in Genesis. He said, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. I want you to teach them be times early because it has to go from generation to generation. How do you think that everything else? They've made sure they talk to them from generation to generation. God has proclaimed it. Our founding pastor has proclaimed it. This ministry must go on. Talking about leaving your first confidence, that's a surefire sign. If you're offended with everybody else coming up. Listen, there's not a member in this church that haven't been here, that's been here 15, 20, 25 years, who can't tell you that God has, all, what God has always wanted in this ministry. We've talked about productivity, leaving a deposit in the earth, seeking and saving the lost. We know what we're all about. Not one person in here that don't know that. So if I have anything in my heart, that's telling me, mm-mm, why, you know, why all of a sudden Sister Hill, you know, since this change, why is she so concerned about the next generation? Mm. My question to you is, when did you leave the church? When did you leave the church? See, because you could be attending here and have left. You know that. 
You could be attending here and come here and has left. So when did you withdraw your membership to ask something like that? When did you say within yourself, why are they so interested in that now? Our founding pastor established that. Why am I no longer honoring what my founding pastor put in place? When did you leave? How can you move away from where you are? Because you can do that and come here every Sunday. I'm asking you a question. Are you still here or are you somewhere else? Did, are you still here or did you just kept your membership number but you've been gone? Where's our portion? Seems like they're going to take over everything and we not. How can you say that? When it's another generation. If you've left, it's time for you to rejoin and get that out. Why? Because your church still needs you. We're not ready to throw you away. You've got to embrace the teachings all these years that you've had. And then you have to live it. My third and final point. There is a rest. You know, when the move of God is fulfilled, there's a rest. What do you mean, Sister Hill? There is a rest. When the move of God is fulfilled, there will be a time where we can cease from our labor. When I can stop working so hard and I can sit back and take a moment and rejoice at what God has done. It's going to come a time. When the move of God is fulfilled, there's also going to be a time of fellowship with God. A different time. There's a time where we can give thanks to God for all that He's done. We've got to wait on it. But it's going to come a time. When the move of God is fulfilled, there's also going to come a time of refreshing. This is my favorite one. It's going to become a time of refreshing. Before I close, I want you to understand this. Listen. Listen to me well. We are in the midst of a difficult work in this church. It's going to be difficult, not impossible. But at the end of this work, mark my word, there will be a time of refreshing. When I say that, there's going to come a time when we'll be fellowshipping with God. There will come a time that we can cease from our labor. Because everybody will be in place. Listen. And we can look back. We're going to stop and look back. And we're going to say these words. Look what God has done. That's what we're going to say. Look what. God, I know you can't see it now, but that's what we're going to say. We're going to step back and say, look at what God has done. Look how good God has been to us. It's coming. There's going to come a time when we can do like God did when he created the heavens and the earth. We're going to take a minute. We're going to look at everything we did. We're going to say, you know, we're going to be able to do just what he did. We're going to say, you know what, it's time to take a rest. 
Look at what God was able to do. You're going to be able to say, look what God was able to do through me. Mark my words. You're going to be able to say it. Not yet, but he's going to be able to say it. Look at what God was able to do around me. We're going to see it. You're going to say, look how I've been able to live out what I've been taught in the Bible. Because I stayed put. I didn't see it. I remember when it wasn't known. Look at what God has done. You're going to say, I can now live a productive life. I didn't see it at the time Sister Hill was saying I was like, mm, I, yeah, but I can't see it. But when you be able to see it, it's going to come all back to, to you. I'm not, you know what? You're going to be able to say, I didn't lead just a busy life. I have a productive life. Because of what was taught there. And as you get older, you're going to see that. God, look at what you've been able to do because of what you've done in my life. You've changed me. You made it where I was able to raise the productivity of my life. All because I listened and I obeyed. Look at somebody else's life. They're better off because I'm in their life. I know, I know you can't see it. You're going to see where other people are productive because of you. Not just the ministers, because of you. Because you live. Because you left a deposit. You need to leave a deposit in the earth for the next generation. And I want to share this with you. All of you. Because all of you are very dear to my heart. You know. Above all people. Church of the Living Water people are dear to my heart. And and always been a blessing to my life. There are two death one is the one that the Bible teaches us about it's created once for man to die that's the natural death when you leave this earth are you with me but there is a second death for those after they've had the first death and that second death is when they're never spoken of again. When they're never spoken of again. Never spoken in the earth. When I get up here every Sunday, I don't know if you've noticed it, I've never gotten up here once where I haven't mentioned our founding pastor. I never will. Never. He'll never experience that second death. And throughout all, as long as I have breath in my body and brains in my head, I will always speak his name. He'll never experience that second death. There are people that have experienced that, nobody even talk about it anymore. He's always going to be spoken about and I always wanted to recognize what he has done. It frees me. Because he's never ever going to experience the second death. The first death he have experienced, the second death he will not. 
Because his name shall ring out and pass from generation to generation as long as I live. And as long as every minister that get up here and teach, they must do the same. Never going to let him experience the second death. Never. Now there's some of you that joined this church in the 80s and the 90s. Now you've just been here a long time. And eventually you're going to go home. Eventually all of us, we're going to go home to be with the Lord. Because everyone's appointed once to die. According to the scriptures, you're going to. But what I'm trying to do every time I get up here, and I know you don't understand it, and you may not even, you may not even appreciate it, because you don't understand some things. You won't always appreciate it. You may not even like the methodology that I do it by. But every time I get up here, I'm trying to make sure, I'm going to make sure, when you go home to be with the Lord, that you never experience the second death. That you never experienced the second death. That's why we, you need to make a mark. So that your name can be mentioned. That your name will remain on the earth. See, you don't, you don't understand. You think I'm just doing something. Because from generation to generation, young people will come up in this church and they'll rejoice. They'll rejoice because of the deposit that we've left. And guess what they're going to do? They're going to put their hands to the work. And your name will ring out. And we will... That's what I want. I want everybody in this ministry that put their hands to the work never to experience that second death. Because they'll always be mentioned. Lay your hands to the work. That's what I'm trying to get you to do it. But I cannot do it if you won't come along with me. If you won't put your hands to it, if you won't continue, I can't do it. Your reign can only continue on the earth when you put your hands to this work. I can't keep your name living unless you put your hands to the work. Unless you're willing to work. See, I, I mark everything that I say. I know what I said this morning. And I saw who came back. For a reason. Never the second death. But nobody to put their hands to the work. They may not ever give, they may not ever, you know, there's some people that will never get to meet me that will be a part of this ministry. Never met Pastor Hill. But our names would live on. There are some that will probably never meet the ministers that are here. The ones that held Pastor Hill's hands. They, they, they might not ever get to meet them, but they'll know. They'll, they'll, they'll hear the messages. They'll hear people talking about them. Do you remember Brother Hastings? Did you ever minister Hastings? Do you remember Minister Rodriguez? Do you, let me tell you, this is what they established. This is what they, they put. They were part of the ministry. They were established forever. It will ring out. From generation to generation. And then the next generation, tell the next generation about it. And it will go on and on and on. Through the annals of time, just like in the Bible, our names will be there forever. Never experiencing the second death. But there's people 
their name is going to be forgotten. They died once on earth, and they're going to die again when no one speaks of them. They should not be named among us. They put their hands to the work. They put their hands to the work. Never again. I made that vow, and it shall be throughout this ministry. When I'm gone, Pastor Hill's name shall always be mentioned. Always. Never experienced the second death. When I'm gone, always. But you can only do it if your hands are put to the work. Not because you just sit here. Because you'll be forgotten. You'll come and go. Like many have. But if you're going to be here, you got to come with me. you gotta, you got to get on board. you got to put your hands to the work. Put your hands to the work. Put your ideas to the word. Bring them forth. God said, no, I know. I know this is what I'm capable of. I know this is what I want to do. I know what I have a hunger and thirst. I know what God is showing me to go. I know what he's showing me to do. Because remember, we're in preparation. Because of that, this is the perfect time. This is the perfect time. We have to, you have to do this. Now, many of you are going to go through situations and trials from choices you make, but we're here. We're here. We're always going to be here. But we're still going to give you the word. Always and forever. And those who want it will take it and run with it, and those who don't won't. There's no more time. God told me I don't have time for those playing with God. I don't have any time. Ministry is important in ministry. And plus, I'm getting older and I have to establish some things. So when it's my time to exit, I can exit in peace empty. And you should be thinking the same way. Your time to come might be in 10 years, 20 years, and that ain't no time at all. As fast as time is. So you got to get the work done. Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.